Welcome to the Crossroad International Church Podcast. We're so glad you joined us. It is our prayer that God will use this message to bring comfort to those who are hurting, give hope to those who find themselves in what seems to be a hopeless situation, and to encourage the one who is struggling through a difficult season of life. For more sermon audio, resources, or if you'd like to contact us, please visit CICKuwait.com. We'd love to hear from you. Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice. From this time forward, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. As we've said, we've talked now about these names that are given to Jesus, that he was a wonderful counselor, a mighty God, an everlasting father, and today we're going to talk about he is the prince of peace. And as we've mentioned before, it's interesting that a child was born unto Mary, but a son was given from God on high. The the Israelis at that time were expecting when the Messiah came that he would come as a ruling warrior, as a ruling king to set up the kingdom of God here on this earth to where they would be the main power. But yet, they didn't understand what it meant that a child was born. You know, you think about it, here's the Savior of the world, this little bitty bundle of joy, born in a manger in Bethlehem. And then turn with me, if you would, to Ephesians chapter 2. I want to read verses 11 to 18, which goes along with Jesus is our peace. Ephesians chapter 2, starting at verse 11 through verse 18. Therefore, remember that you, once Gentiles in the flesh, who are called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision made in the flesh with hands, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world." That was our state. Verse 13, But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity that is the law of the commandments contained in the ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace. Verse 16. And that he might reconcile them both to God in one body 
through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. And he came and preached peace to you who were afar off and to those who were near. For through him we both have access by one spirit to the Father. Father, we ask that you would bless the reading of your word. That Father, our minds would be renewed because of your word today. We ask that you would open our minds, open our eyes, open our ears, that we may be transformed by your word today in Jesus' name. The word peace, both in Isaiah and here in Ephesians, according to the International Standard Bible Encyclopedia, the Hebrew word is shalom, which, you know, that's a common greeting, shalom. But it has a a meaning that was a bit different than what we think of as peace. It means primarily soundness and health. And it also means or signifies prosperity, not the prosperity gospel that we talk about, you know, to have all of this junk. But this prosperity is well-being in general. We're doing okay. That's what it means for peace, doing okay. In good relationships to both man and God. And then the New Testament word, Arani, has almost the exact same meaning as the word shalom. Here it says Jesus is our peace. You know, we talk about peace, it's the end of a war. When a war ends, we have peace. But this peace we're talking about, the Prince of Peace, gives us that well-being even in the midst of war, even in the midst of tribulation, even in the midst of trial, we can have the peace of God. When we were in Kenya, um, there was the war and the things going on in Somalia, and there were a lot of peacekeepers in Somalia. Right now, I don't know how many peacekeeping um, forces there are around the world, but there's a lot. And it's interesting that they can only keep the peace when they have bigger guns than the people they're trying to keep the peace with. Understand? When the other side gets bigger weapons, there is no peace. But today we're talking about Jesus is our peace. Verse 14 of of Ephesians 2, it says that Jesus is the author of peace. Jesus was a peacemaker. He was the author of peace. He brought us peace, and he has called us to be peacemakers. Now, preaching a lot of times as pastors, we have to confess when we preach a message like this because we preach to ourselves first. Now, I'll have to confess, when I was growing up, I wasn't a peacemaker. I was a troublemaker. Let me see, how, how many troublemakers do we have when you were kids? How many of you are going to be honest? 
<laughs> yeah, this whole front row, I know your parents. If you didn't raise your hand, I was going to make My brother was eight years older than I was, and he always picked on me. And so what I would do is I would make sure I was within eyesight of my mom. And then I would start doing stuff and get him so aggravated that he would hit me. And as soon as he hit me, I would scream out to my mom and get him in trouble. See, that wasn't a peacekeeper. That was a troublemaker. That worked wonderful till every now and then my mom figured it out. And it didn't matter how loud I hollered because she knew I had caused the trouble. And how many times in life are we troublemakers rather than peacekeepers? You know, I get upset with my wife for, for some reason. We've been married now almost 42 years I know the buttons to push. Come on, guys. You don't have to be married very long or be around people very long to figure out which buttons to push to cause trouble. But I know in 42 years of marriage that keeping peace is much happier home than pushing buttons and causing trouble Jesus is the author of peace and then verse 15 it says that Jesus is the provider of peace that Jesus gives us peace John 14 and 27 says this Jesus says peace I leave you my peace I give to you not as the world gives it do I give it to you let not your heart be troubled Neither let it be afraid. Jesus gives us this gift of peace. But we have to accept it. I know some of you have some Christmas trees at home and underneath them are some packages that are supposed to be opened on Sunday. I don't know of anybody that doesn't open the gifts and they just pack them away and next Christmas they put out the tree and the same gifts and they just keep recycling those gifts. Now I know I've gotten some gifts I would like to recycle sometime, but that's not what I'm talking about. See, when a gift is given, the person giving it offers it willingly. But the person receiving it has to willingly Take it. Otherwise, there's, we get no benefit from the gift. And Jesus has given us this gift. He says, I give you my peace. My question today is, will you accept it? Will you accept the peace that Jesus wants to give us? Peace to where I can be in a good state, welfare, working with my brothers and my sisters, good relationship with man and with God, even in the midst of an uprising with my visa at work or 
an explosion from my boss or something unreasonable from a teacher, can I still be at peace? And then I like verse 17. It says that Jesus preached peace. What was it the angels proclaimed to the shepherds? Peace on earth, goodwill toward men. And our job as believers, as sons and daughters of God, our job is to go forth, everyone we come in contact with, and proclaim the goodness of Jesus, the Prince of Peace. You know, a lot of times one of our best witnesses is when everything's going to hell around us, everything's going haywire, and we're still at peace. People will come to you and say, with everything you're going through, how can you still be calm? How can you still have peace in your life? And it's because I've accepted that gift from Jesus. And there are basically two types of peace that we want to look at for a few minutes. One is peace with God, and the other one is the peace of God. Peace with God basically comes at that's our justification, it's at during our salvation. Romans 5:1 says, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. How many of you realize before you were saved, you were not at peace with God? The Bible actually says we were enemies of God. Colossians chapter 1, verse 21 and 22, and says, You who were once alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works... Yet now he is reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and without blemish and without charge in his sight. Romans 5.10 says, For when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God. See, when we come to him as the Savior... We are reconciled to him. We are no longer enemies, but we are made family. We have peace with God. You can't have peace with someone that you are an enemy of. Once we accept him as Savior and we have peace with him, we're part of his family regardless, even if we misbehave. See, that was one of the things I always knew growing up. Even though I was mischievous, even though I was a troublemaker, my wife thinks it's funny, you know, I'm 60 years old now, and even when I go home and I'm with my cousins, I'm still little Stevie because I'm the youngest of all of the cousins in my generation, so... Little Stevie could get away with anything. But I knew it didn't matter what I did, I was still part of the family. Amen? 
I told you a couple of weeks ago, we told our kids growing up as teenagers, we know we've trained you right. We hope you don't get mixed up in drugs or alcohol or any of this other stuff. But if you do, let us know. We'll help you through it because you're still our kids. There's nothing they can do that will make them not our kids. Understand? It's the same with God. There's nothing we can do to make God love us less or love us more. Even when we mess up, if we are saved, we are still part of the body, part of the family of God, and we still have peace with God. And Jesus gives us this peace with God. And then the second thing is the peace of God. Philippians 4, 6 through 9 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, my brethren, whatever things are true, honest, right, pure, lovely, of a good report, if there's any virtue, if there's any praise, think on these things. Do those things which you have also learned and received and heard and seen in me, and the God of peace shall be with you. See, peace with God comes the moment we are saved. We are no longer God's enemies. We are now at peace with him. But the peace of God is something that we work out day by day. Some days I have more of God's peace in my life than other days. And the, how do I say this? Um, for me, when I lose the peace of God is when I try to do it in my own strength rather than trusting God. See, the peace of God is that thing that in the middle of turmoil, we can still know that God is in charge. God's going to work everything out. Even though I don't understand it, God still loves me, and I have that peace. This is the type of peace we talk about, the peace that passes all understanding. Don't make a major decision in life unless you have the peace of God. See, when I am in right relationship with Him and I've been spending time with Him, I am more at peace than when I forget about Him. We're going to do a Bible reading over the next two years. And if you're like me, sometimes you're going to get behind. Hopefully it's only a day or so. But I know sometimes the pace of life is so fast. We've got so much to do, working so many hours, especially in this country, that we have a tendency to 
get negligent in our daily devotion with God. And I can tell just in my own life, the more I get away from God, the more stress I experience. The more aggravated I become. The angrier I get at someone that cuts me off on the road. But if I am consistent and spend time in God's presence on a regular basis, then I flow in the peace of God and things don't bother me as much. So I want to encourage you that this peace that I'm talking about, the peace of God is influenced by our obedience. And to maintain this peace, we must trust God. Isaiah 26.3 says, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. I think we lose our peace when we lose our trust in God. So I want to encourage you today to trust in God. Put your whole trust in Him. Everything that you have, just turn it over to Him. And watch God do some amazing things. I just want to give you one little quick testimony about this and then it's going to be finished. And this is something about prayer, very simple. I got an email from Gregory Bangura, one of my guys in West Africa, church planter. And he says, Pastor, I need 20 bicycles for church planters. Because if a man can plant one church a year on foot, then if I can give him a bicycle, he can plant five churches in a year because he's mobile. So I need... 20 bicycles. Well, that's good. What he was asking me for was about $2,000. You know, asking for the 20 bicycles is one way. I didn't have it. Didn't know where I was going to get it. So in my quiet time with God, I just kind of lifted my computer up and said, Hey, God, read this email from Gregory. He needs 20 bicycles. What do you think you can do? And I forgot about it. I was just at, I knew that I knew that God was going to do something. I didn't know how, I didn't know what, but I was just at peace about it. So I just gave it to God. About 3 weeks later, I was preaching in a church in another state and a, a old friend of mine that I had known in missions for years happened to be in the service. And he came up to me and said, Steve, I'm so glad to see you. I've been wanting to get in touch with you. I don't know if this means anything to you, but about two or three weeks ago I was praying and I really felt like God told me that I needed to give you $2,000 to buy some bicycles in Africa. Do you need bicycles in Africa? 
And so I pulled out of my Bible. I had printed up that email, and I gave it to him. And so he sent the money, and we sent the bicycles. And a hundred churches were planted over the next year. I mean, I could have gotten all worried and fret and run around and tried to manipulate and whatever to raise money, but I didn't need to because I knew God was in control and God would take care of it. And that's just a simple little thing. But let me ask you, how many of you, maybe you have some financial difficulties and you are trying to manipulate and scrimp and do this and that to, to get by. Or maybe you have relationship issues that, that have you really worried and concerned. Or work issues. Or you just don't know what's happening. And when you try to carry it in your own strength, everything goes haywire. But I've got good news for you today, that if you are saved and you have peace with God, and you're walking with Him, then you can walk in the peace of God, that regardless of what happens, you can have that assurance inside that everything's going to be okay. One last scripture, and we'll end, and this is the benediction that Paul gave in 2 Thessalonians 3.16. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace always in every way. The Lord be with you all. Let's pray. Father, we come to you. We thank you for this time. We just ask that you would once again bless your word. Father, I know that there are some folks in here today that are going through issues in their families that are making it difficult to walk in your peace. But Father, I ask that you would be with them and help them just to trust you and to lean on you 100%. And we give you the honor and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen.